Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily and welcome to Master Leadership Through Crisis series, where we will connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important questions to help us navigate through rough waters. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Today's guest, Dr. Jean Ladding, is president of Leading Consciously, LLC, and Professor Emirata at the Graduate College of Social Work, University of Houston. As a consultant, researcher, and educator, Jean focuses on leadership in multicultural and diverse organizations. Through her organization, Leading Consciously, Jean helps individuals and organizations create resilient, sustainable, multicultural, and diverse settings. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. One of the most vexing and difficult challenges all business leaders face is, what do I do on Monday morning at 8 o'clock to grow my business? In his best-selling book, Aligning the Dots, Dr. Philippe Buissou introduces a new, universal, data-driven, and prescriptive methodology to deliver sustained growth for any business. Get a copy now on Amazon or at AligningTheDots.com. Join Rosie, the world's newest superhero, on her journey to build her Power of Positivity team. Rosie helps her friends learn how to change their words and their thinking to build their confidence and change their mindset. This story of acceptance, inspiration, and inclusivity helps children learn how to shift their inner dialogue from I can't and I'm not to I can and I am. Order yours at lauriekerneredu.com or on Amazon today. Welcome, Dr. G. Ladding. How are you? I am great. And how are you, Lily? Um, I'm excited to have you on our podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? I surely am. I'm very excited. (laughs) All right. So, Jean, can you tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now? Sure. I am a retired academic teaching at the University of Houston Graduate College of Social Work in leadership and empowerment and community, but mostly focused on leadership and empowerment with a smithering of research. I'm now retired from U of H and I have my own consulting business, Leading Consciously. And what we're all about is helping people grow and learn as leaders and particularly focused on racial and social justice. We offer online classes and the one we're offering now is a membership program called Pathfinders, particularly for those who want to lead and champion social justice in the workplace. 
you pack a punch, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in education as well. It's funny to me when people say retire and then they start a business to me, it's like, that's your second wind, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually I started it while I was an academic. So I just slid into it full time. Fantastic. And I love the name of your organization, Lead Consciously. How did you arrive at that? It's Leading Consciously. Actually, we wanted Lead Consciously, but somebody had it. And so we did Leading because consciousness is what it's all about. People operate, as you well know, in a default mode. I can't remember. They said 98%, some crazy number of what we do is automatic. And so to do the work of leadership, to do the work of social and racial justice, you have to be conscious of what you're doing and not just do what comes naturally. Right. The goal is to let the conscious efforts become automatic in a new way of being. Right. And, and it's so needed. Now, I have a story as to why I'm doing what I'm doing, master leadership. I'd love to learn about how you decided, because you could have been doing teaching consciously, right? If you're in academics or social work, right? But why right. leading consciously? Because everybody's a leader, whether they think they are or not. And what I have discovered again and again is people are unaware of how much influence they have in their lives over others. Parents don't get it. Teachers often do get it. Most of the leaders that I know who are in a positional authority do not understand how their everyday actions impact people. And so the store clerk doesn't realize that their smile could make or break the difference in somebody's day. Everybody's a leader. And so if people were conscious of their leadership, we would have a different world. Absolutely. And I love the work that you're doing. Now, I know I do it because it's so needed in education. We educate the world, right? Right. Speak to that. A lot of our listeners are in the education space. And I'm pushing for, and I know that you are, for leadership to be taught in schools. Yes, um, ma'am. We need to walk the talk. Right. Okay. So I'm a social worker. So social workers and educators like this in terms of motivation, we just choose different arenas to function in. It comes from the same heart, the same desire to give, the same interest in seeing a better world and seeing people flourish. Focus may be on different ages, but it's the same motivation. So I've been a social worker for most of my life, including childhood. And so stepping into social work was easy. In social work, there's very roughly micro and macro those who focus on the interpersonal and those who focus on organizations, communities, and systems. I've been macro oriented. And so that's what I do. I was a community organizer in the sixties. And so I come out of that whole right. era. Powerful and true effective leadership is all social emotional skills. It definitely is. So I love speaking with educators, with social workers. And so thank you so much for coming on. Now, you know, we're recovering from the global COVID-19 pandemic and other issues and unrest that we've had in the U.S. How has that moved you forward? How has that changed or shifted your organization or how you see things now? 
Okay, so I'm about to get some of your listeners mad at me. I'm one of those who actually benefited from the crisis. Staying at home means I didn't have Houston traffic. Mm -hmm. And it gave me that much more time to think okay. and to reflect and to revamp how I approach what I do. And I took full advantage of that time. So I got solidified in my habits of daily meditation, for example, of exercise. I couldn't go to the gym. So I wasn't about to lose my body just because I couldn't go to the gym. So I had to figure out how to do what I do here. It was an excellent experience for me. I read more than normal. And some of us, you know, we started off a little wonky, but then we kind of found oh, yes. a path, right? Yes. Um, so those are some of the practices. Were there any quotes or advice that helped you typically during crisis? One day at a time, the recovery movement mantra, mm -hmm. just one day at a time. I couldn't plan like I used to. Everything was chaotic. The world was upside down. I was still recuperating from post-George Floyd. So it was all one day at a time and not taking anything for granted. Those are very simple quotes, but very powerful if you live them. So we hear them a lot, but if we sit with them, like you talk about meditate on them and sit with them, they can move us in a different direction. Actually, an outcome of that was a blog post I wrote. It was two weeks ago posted on taming your anxiety. I literally focused on it as a discipline. I'm a scholar practitioner. So how do we tame our anxiety in this chaotic world? Where can we find that blog? It's on my website, leadingconsciously.com. Hey, leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. Feelings of employee isolation decreases productivity up to 21%. Socializing between team members improves communication patterns more than 50%. Create Magic at Work offers tools that skill build in emotional intelligence, EQ, and spiritual intelligence, SQ. One tool they offer are journal prompt cards that invite you to connect and reflect about different themes in the workplace. A deck of 33 beautiful gloss dock cards. Each card contains an affirmation and two questions regarding the workplace to consider. Utilize them virtually, in a group, or individually to create a workplace where employees are highly engaged. Create a company with less ego-induced drama, where people work hard but with less stress. Go to createmagicatwork.net forward slash tools to get your own deck of journal prompt cards today. So you focus on inclusion and cultural change. Yes. Right? Um, tell us about how you can start a diversity initiative in your organization if you don't already have one. Okay. So first of all, you do not have to be at the top to start it. People sit around waiting on leaders, but positional leaders, those at the top to do something and then they get mad and then they get depressed. So anyone who is interested can talk to somebody else who is interested, who can talk to somebody else that's interested. And once you have three to five people, you have a group who can start planning. Who do we go talk to? What are the pain points in the organization? Where are we hurting in terms of inclusion? What's keeping us from performing our very best? Who can we talk to? 
And just out of that conversation, if you don't give up on the conversation and stay focused on it and start talking to people, people will join. Because if you want more in your organization, more inclusion, more diversity, more goodwill, then others do too. You are not alone. And so people need to find and start talking with other people and figure out a plan. Out of that will come a desire to get help, to get expertise. And so people will do web searches. They might search out a consultant like myself or the others. Somebody will have a friend who has a cousin who does this work. And out of that then comes getting the consultation. And from that, then you develop a plan. Somebody in the organization knows how to develop a proposal to present to some executive. And somebody in the organization knows an executive who would be open to sponsoring this if somebody asked them. So the whole thing is, I said one day at a time, it's doing this work is one step at a time and not allowing yourself to get exhausted or discouraged because you turn right and ran into a door, you then have to turn left, you just keep moving. What it takes is somebody persistent to keep going until you have a plan and have a program. Right. And passion certainly can be contagious. And you just have to to keep at it and ignite that and move forward. Thank you so much for that. Now, as a lifelong learner, Jean, what are you learning right now? I am definitely a lifelong learner. So I'm learning the online world. I just knew how to reach my friends on the internet. (laughs) And I did know how to do Google searches. But this whole thing of how to organize a course. I know how to engage students in the classroom face-to-face. Engaging people online is a whole different arena. And since I said I'm a scholar practitioner, so I'm both looking at the research on it and doing experiments and talking to people to learn how to do that. We already have a virtual remote world now. And so the whole technology of how you engage people is critical. The education field, my university had to convert to online. And some faculty did it with ease and others caught, you know what? Because how do you engage students online? So this whole thing of engaging people online is what I'm interested in. Now, what's fascinating is I have two grandkids And they both took to it. And I think it's because they just had high quality teachers. I'm talking middle school and high school. They took to it. Good. And I love how you're walking in this space because, you know, I'm in my queen age years, as I'm sure you are as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, And so sometimes technology can be scary, but you have embraced it. You're moving forward. You're like, okay, there's nothing I can't learn. Right. And I always say, you know, people who have retired and wonder, you know, what's next for them. I always remind them that Moses started his important work when he was 80. Yes. (laughs) So there's a lot of fire in us. What's hysterical to hear a 40 year old say, I'm too late to go back to school. And what I usually say to someone who says, well, it's too late for me to go back to school, some 50 year old. I say, and how long do you want to live? That's right. Because we stop learning. That's it. We stop living. That's it. Jean, thank you so much for that. Now, 
when you think of leadership today, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? What most concerns me is the assumption that we have to divide and conquer in order to advance. So there are the leaders who think we have to split and set up competition in the organization. What's wrong in the world is what you find is wrong in the organization. I believe everything is a hologram. So the problems we see around the globe, we can find inside an organization, the seeds of it. And the seeds of it is a belief that I have to get mine and to get mine, it'll be at your expense. It's a zero sum game. The zero sum game, you got it. My book club is reading The Sum of Us by Heather McGee, where she talks about how racism was founded on a zero sum game. And what's interesting is the Southern states, for example, that relied on it, slave labor, and the zero-sum game now in terms of the metrics at the lower end nationwide, in terms of education, health, life expectancy, economic progress, all of that. And she draws a direct parallel between that and the zero-sum game that's played in regions of the country and their economic prosperity. And so it is in an organization where people are fighting one another and I get mine at your expense are not doing as well as those where people have learned how to collaborate and to share and to support. Right. And to have a win-win instead of doing something at someone else's expense. And so very important work. So what are you most hopeful about? My great-grandparents were slaves. My grandparents endured horrendous stuff. My father was chased out of Mississippi by the Klan. I was raised in segregation and went. So you see, I'm coming through history. Every generation, there's been a progression. So I am hopeful that my grandchildren, for example, will have an entirely different world where the difference between slavery and me is what I hope for is the difference between me and my grandchildren when they are my age. You know, and I love the legacy that you're building, even with your organization leading consciously, because that's what it's going to take for our grandchildren. Right. We're leading from the present, but we're moving our energy to the future. So I love what you're doing. It's so intentional and so full of passion and love that where are you located? Houston. In Houston. I'm in New York. I feel your passion. (laughs) Oh, really? Well, thank you. I have one more immediate hope. A year from George Floyd, and I'm going to be really crass about this, okay, that the white people stay engaged and don't go back home. We had floods of people come out. I did another blog post on that. My first one, actually, was on my amazement, both at how many whites got engaged and how many of my white friends discovered what they didn't know. And so I'm hoping that learning continues. Yeah, it's all about consciousness. I love it, love it, love it. All right, so we're going to have a little fun here. You have an option. You can either take a question from a former guest or you can share a challenge or a struggle that you learned from. Ooh, I'll take a question from a former guest. Okay, all right. Dangerous. (laughs) All right, so Jill Valdez wants to know, As leaders, what do we need to be doing differently so that we don't repeat history? 
Whoa, that is so good. Okay, so we imitate the oppressors. People say, I won't be my parents and then as children and then they grow up and discover their parents. People imitate the worst of their organizations and the people in their organization. We imitate each other and we imitate the oppressor. So what we need to do and be is to look at our everyday lives and how we're replicating the very things we don't want to see in our lives. We don't want people to be mean to people. Who are you mean with? We want students to learn and grow. Whose learning and growing have you stifled? Whose dream have you poo-pooed? So just literally, how are you enacting the very things you claim you don't want? Right. And we can imitate those things that are higher level. Yes. And so you're right. So avoid the negative and move into imitating the things that we want to see happen in our everyday lives. Don't wait until you're in this important moment. How are you treating the store clerk? So it's about leading yourself consciously. Exactly. Leading consciously is really leading yourself consciously. I love it. Now, as a listener of this podcast, what is a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? What's too good to be true that they want to do, but don't think they can because whatever. What's too good to be true that you want to do, but you think you can't because? Yes. Great question. Thank you so much. Now, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes. Anybody who's going to listen to this kind of podcast, listen to you is ahead of the game, <laughs> is doing great. We need the kind of people who would respond to this kind of podcast. They should recognize how valuable they are in helping to build a collective that we all want to have. And I appreciate that because, you know, what we're doing here is we are elevating we're mastering leadership collectively you and yes. i i've certainly learned from you and we're engaging in this conversation but also what our intention is that it drops to a conscious level so that we can elevate our leadership and certainly leading ourselves consciously now once again where can we reach you leadingconsciously.com you can send an email to info at leadingconsciously.com or Jean Ladding at leadingconsciously.com. Beautiful. Dr. Ladding, I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. It's been wonderful. And you're a delightful interviewer. Well, thank you. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.